This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by the RACV Solar Great Ocean Road Running Festival. Secure your registration now at greatoceanroadrunfest.com.au. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode number 282 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Very big show coming at you this week. Got some results from the Brisbane Track Classic, some huge doping news out of New Zealand. Uh, World Athletics make a call on the transgender athletes. And Moose on the Loose, listen to question all the other segments that you come to expect of the Inside Running Podcast. Welcome to my co-host, Dan in Anglesey. Just telling me off air is a bit tired. Julian Spence, welcome to Monday Night Recording. Thanks, mate. I am tired, actually. I reckon I got some sickness or something. It's a bit going around, Moose, sickness. I know a lot yeah. of people who are sick at the moment. Your baby? My baby vomited today everywhere, all over the couch, which was wonderful. Good good cleaning up job from me. But, yeah, um, yeah bit's happening. bit going around. Yeah. A few stomach bugs, I reckon. Yeah, my baby's just leaking from the nose and mouth. Just so much spit and <laughs> snot getting around. That's good. Hopefully you can get through this show with plenty of energy, eh? Just turn up the gusto for the next 60, 70 minutes to get the get the listeners through maybe a run they're just about to start. Yeah, I've clocked on. All I've right, clocked good. on. Oh, the yep. co-host. This bloke's always clocked on, Moose. Doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Bradley Croker, the 217 man from Canberra. Welcome to you for this week. Thanks, Brady. Good to be here. you got good levels of gusto, good energy levels. Uh, I'm not sick, but I am also tired. Um, yeah, like, I don't know whether it's the time of the term, like the kids are, the days at work are definitely a lot tougher than the first few weeks of term. The kids are starting to climb the walls and um, had a pretty heavy back end of the week training-wise, yeah, from a volume point of view, so maybe that's sort of caught up with me a little bit. Okay, do you want to go first this week? Tell us about this training. Yeah, How many okay. from Sydney 10? Uh, so it's six weeks from yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, still a little. Yeah, I got a. Yeah, like I'm trying to compare to where I was this time last year, and I reckon early on, so so maybe a month ago, I reckon I was further advanced. Whereas now, I feel like I'm probably not going quite as well as I was this time last year. And I was thinking about it. A lot of I was doing one session a week last year on the tre- treadmill, and the good thing about it was everything was so controlled and I was probably underdoing some of the sessions um, and I was just feeling better on all my other runs. Whereas, you know, when you're outside doing sessions, you just can't like, yeah, you can use heart rate to control it, but um, probably a couple of my sessions have been on the the harder end of the scale. Um, Yeah. Which is just another 
reason to maybe underdo sessions rather than overdo them because I feel like sometimes as runners if you've got like a rough guide of where you want to be on the day you're generally always at the faster end of it whereas maybe even five seconds a k slower um you know you're still going to get most of the same benefit um but pull up a bit better so anyway my week uh monday i did an hour 419s at mulligans uh tuesday i got home from work and because most of the group raced on the sunday there wasn't an organized group session for tuesday afternoon so i got home i had a pretty shit day at work uh it was about to bucket down rain and so um, I've sort of become reliant on the group a little bit the last, or how long we've been meeting, like six to eight weeks, and I just was not motivated to go out and do a session. Plus, I find the Monday-Tuesday combo of, like, I don't see my kids much at all, like, on Monday-Tuesday, because I, I work, I come home, I go for a run. By the time I get home for a run, the kids are pretty much going to bed and then do the podcast. Tuesdays work. And then I go out and train with the group Tuesday afternoon. So I don't get home till 7.30 when the kids are already in bed. So I, I thought the fact that there's no group session and I was just wrecked from work, I'm like, you know, stuff it. I'll just take the afternoon off and spend more time with the family, thinking that maybe I'd get up and push my session back to Wednesday morning and then just do Wednesday, Saturday sessions. Um, but then I woke up Wednesday and I'm like, oh, if I do that, I don't get to train with the group on Friday. So I'm just going to, you know, forget the Tuesday session. Um, so I did a midweek long run and, you know, I felt pretty good on this run. Obviously it took Tuesday off. And so I decided just to run, I guess, Moose, what do you call it? Like, uh, it, you have, you have re- like regenerative runs and is EP, whatever it is. Yeah. Where, yeah. RG, yeah. RG. yeah. Yeah. So this one was just that, like. If I'd done a session the day before, I probably would have run a little bit easier. Um, and so, yeah, I did 90 minutes, 408 through Mulligans. Um, so that was quite an enjoyable run. And then Thursday morning, uh, I just found if I have to run for like an hour after work, it's been it's become a real grind, especially if, if you know, I've, at the moment I've been like six lessons of PE um, straight. So like they're pretty tough days and then you get home and the last thing you want to do is then go out and run for an hour so i set the alarm for thursday morning to get up and to get my main run done in the morning so that if i came home uh and i was tired from work i didn't have to go out and do like a second run and so yeah got out for an hour but i just ran from home just on the bike paths uh it was quite enjoyable actually like once i got up and saw the sunrise so i did an hour at 423s uh, and then, yeah, got home from work and then just jumped, jumped on the treadmill for uh, uh, about half an hour at five-minute Ks. Then the Friday session was down at Lake Burley Griffin, 25-minute um, tempo and then three-minute jog followed by five 45-second reps with one-minute rest in between. Uh, I put on the Zebras um, for the second time ever and, uh, yeah, I didn't like like the session went well. Like I averaged three eighteens for the twenty five minute tempo. Felt felt a bit clunky in them. Um, I just don't know if I was hitting the right spot. And I find sometimes in the mornings, like if my back's a bit tight, I don't get my hips up and I don't feel like I sort of land underneath myself quite as much. I feel like I maybe heel strike a bit more, and I could just feel myself. I don't know that wedge at the heel. It, it just didn't feel smooth to me um 
So, yeah, I just don't think it would be my marathon shoe, whereas I feel like I get more pop or consistent pop from, like, the Alpha Fly. Um, but, yeah, so I averaged 318s for the 25-minute tempo. I think my average heart rate for that was about 163. Jogged three minutes at 430-kilometer pace and then ran about um, 250K pace for the 45-second reps. So it was a decent session. Um, I did actually pull up sore the next morning through my calves, which I don't know whether it was like I have run like 250k pace at the horse track before and haven't you know in the last few weeks and haven't pulled up sore at all. So I don't know whether those shoes did cause my calves to pull up pretty sore, but um yeah anyway, maybe, the was, conc- maybe the concrete as well. Yeah, maybe the concrete. Yeah, maybe a combination. Do you have um, a yeah. tempo threshold croak? Same word. Are you, yeah, same. This, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it's sort of, you know, sixty-minute race pace, I suppose. Jeez, is uh, that heart rate monitor? That look how even that is. You like that? Okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's were you work. running the heart rate? Was that's that work, like, yeah. that's working well? That heart rate monitor. Yeah, the heart rate straps really good. Like I was, like I, I uh, like. I, I think I said a few weeks ago that if I get above 170, I know I'm working, like you sort of go into that next zone. So I tried to keep it under 170. I may have just hit 170, but most of it was probably like mid mid 160. Like once it sort of got up, took a little while to get up, and then it was probably sitting in that sort of mid 160s. Um, yeah, but like that being said, like I could have, you know, run maybe five seconds a case slower, which would have put me at like low – low to mid 320s and i probably would have got just as much benefit from the session and maybe my heart rate was probably then like maybe 160 average instead of 163 or four um but i think it was a pretty good session um yeah, yeah it was good not too bad uh got that up. like not doing it broken as well is a lot harder yeah well i reckon there's a lot i reckon those longer tempos are also good mental training um because it's very easy to you know, if I do uh, like a, one, I often do is like eight minute tempo, and then pick pick the pace up for two minutes, and then have ninety second jog. Mentally, you're always like having a change of stimulus, or you know that you're getting a ninety second like slow jog recovery coming up. Whereas this one, you know, you're ten minutes in, and it's not easy, but you you know that you still got like fifteen minutes to go at this, and so it becomes mentally a bit more of a grind. Um, especially when you haven't done them for a while. And that's what, and that's what also fine with the marathon sessions, you know, like the first time you do a session that's sort of 40 plus minutes, you're like, Whoa, that's, that's tough. But then the next time you go back, it's a lot easier. So, um, yeah, I reckon there's a lot to, you know, a lot of value in that continuous tempo as opposed to like broken ones. Mm. Um, yeah. Then Friday afternoon, I did get out for a double at Mulligan's, uh, seven and a half K four nineteens. Saturday morning, did an hour out at Mulligan's. Uh, I listened to Coffee Club podcast. I haven't listened to them for probably like four to six weeks. And they're doing this Q&A and I almost had to turn it off because for so much of it, they just weren't even talking about running, which is why I would listen to that podcast. A bit like us, I suppose, when we talk about dogs. But they, they had a good like half an hour on like video games and Harry Potter and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh. People love dogs, my- People fucking love dogs. We well, move dogs, on quickly. I love dogs more than I love like Harry Potter and computer yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's but you know what? Those American-based pro runners—they're the biggest nerds in the world. <laughs> they all play fucking PlayStation all day. Yeah. Well, Geordie Beamish doesn't. He's uh, he's against the computer games. Is yeah. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. What's he doing? His um, spare time. I don't know. Reads a bit. Oh yeah, he watches, seems pretty smart. Watches Netflix and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and then Sunday morning, I met up with one of the guys that I coach, uh, Andrew Lake. He used to be a pretty like top level cyclist, um, but he's turned to running. So I did two hours at four ten through Mulligans, and this was significantly harder than my thirty k at four minute k's the week before. Like, there wasn't a massive amount of elevation. It was like maybe two hundred and what was it two. 280 so it's not not huge but it just goes to show like my legs were more banged up after an hour at at this than it was like after two hours at four minute k's around the lake um oh and then i had a run in so the last so he um andrew did like an hour 45 and so i left him for the last 15 minutes and then i was on this like path so it was it was actually out of the nature reserve and i've come around this corner and about 50 meters up the road there's this lady like waving her arms at me saying, don't come on this path. Don't come on this path. There's a kangaroo that's broken a le- broken its leg. And I'm like, well, this is the path that I run on. Like how does she know that I don't live around the corner and that's the way I'm running home? And the kangaroo wasn't even on the path. It was like up against a fence about 15 metres away from the path. So she's like ab- abusing me. And so I gave it back to her. I mean, like, yeah, like, what am I meant? To, am I meant to like change where I'm running because there's a can like a kangaroo that's like 15 meters away with a broken leg? And um, I was going to stop. I was actually I was going to turn around and go back and because I do you realize that in about a month's time we won't be able to run in Mulligan's flat because it'll be blocked off because they'll be killing kangaroos in there. Like I just oh, like it really just pissed me off that he he was somebody Sounds telling like me. <laughs> Like telling me that I couldn't be on that path because there's a kangaroo with a broken leg when they're they're going to kill them in a month's time anyway. Oh, just and I oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I did uh, yeah two hours four four tens uh, and a week of like 126. Um, but it was heavily you know my last five days was 100 and uh, what 100 just over 110. So average yeah. pace for the week, Moose. Have a guess what it was. Just looked him up. 403. 415. Not that, not that quick. Four, yeah. uh, oh. <laughs> it's had a bit of a slow week, well, folks. 410, I am trying to slow things down. Look at my run this afternoon. Yeah, I keep thinking you're sick when I see that stuff uploaded. Yeah, no, I'm trying. Few warm-ups and cool-downs bringing the pace down, really. The rest, would, if, if it wasn't for the warm-up and cool-downs on your workouts, then... Um, your 403s, Moose, like I haven't run any, like other than the session, I've run no 403s, 420. Mate, I'm looking at it, it is 410s, 413, plus you, then there's the, yeah, okay. Can you start paying for Strava Croak so we can see what your gap is? Yeah, you it's, say, you it's said about that, time, mate. This you is said a the long experience. run is, um, yeah, claiming on tax or something. You said the long run was much higher, so you're 10 seconds a K slower, over 280 metres. I want to know, does that equal like 350 gap or 355? Mm. Nah, not that. It wouldn't be 15 seconds a K. Wouldn't it? 280 metres, no. 280 metres over 28K wouldn't be 15 seconds a K difference. Okay. Hey, hey, Croaks, guess what? What? 2023, I've run 30 more K than you. (laughs) Oh, gee, your boy Matt Fox has you on the average pace too, Croaks. He averaged 410s for the week. And you were training for a marathon in that period too, Moose. Uh, no, I wasn't. You're not even hey, um, on the top 100, Moose, where I can see the paces. You must be slower than 4.15 pace. 
What are you talking about? Top in, our, in our Strava group, you were coming 95th croaks for last week's fastest oh. average pace. Really? Yeah, 95th with 4.15 for the wow. week. I wonder how many of them are I better was, than you. I was 80, yeah, I was 82nd with 4.14. Who's on top then? Um, oh, so it's people who have only done like one run for the week. So oh, I'm going okay. to ignore anyone that's only ran... Less than, a, less than 80. Yeah, so there's a few people like averaging four minutes for 120, 130 Ks for the week. I don't know any of the names. There's 5,000 people in here. Oh, right, oh, here we yeah. go. Around 30, you get people like Archie, Jordan Tyler, John Dutton. Around 30K um, a week. Matthew Schumberger, Dave Ridley. No, nah, around 30th out of the 100. Tom DeCano. Oh, right. They're all sitting between like 30th and 40th with like under 410 averages, 405, 410. Okay. Do you look Just, at that every – do you look at that? No, <laughs> this is the first time I've actually been in this thing for ages. And then I just saw there was a post here. Someone was thanking us for the um, mention of the World Cross Country stream. And that was oh. like 16th of Jan. So that was, that come up, new post. And I'm like, oh, yeah, from uh, two months ago. Hey, Moose, how would that kangaroo lady go down with you if she was, like, abusing you for being on a path that you're allowed to run on? Yeah, like, I was just thinking that. And she's like, just wearing that. But what was the like? What did she think you were going to do? Run up and kick it in the leg or something? Well, I'm guessing she didn't want me to like scare it, and then it would then try and like bounce away with a broken leg. How did it break its leg? It is quite sad when you come. We come across one out of Barmer one day. I reckon it'd been hit by a car or something, and they left it there, and it was just kind of like stuck in the middle of the path. Yeah, and you're like, I saw one. You kind of want, yeah. It's a bit, yeah. you don't know what to do because you're like, well, you know, should we do something to put this kangaroo out of its misery, out of its pain? But then at the same time, you just, you're running along just in shorts and singlet and yeah. Mm. But you don't just want to, well, yeah. Well, that's what she could have done. Like she could have put it down or whatever, but like abusing me for running on a path that I'm allowed, and, and the kangaroo's 15 metres away from me. Yeah. Um, but like I've yeah. seen kangaroos like almost kill themselves out on run. So the centenary trail around the back of home here, um, we were running as a group one day and the kangaroo obviously got scared and then they start um, trying to run or well, bounce away and they yeah went straight into like a fence cool. and you know they would have like they did some serious damage doing that but you're in the middle of nowhere like you've got no like I'm not running with a phone mm. like what you can't do anything um, and like yeah it's sad it's sad to see but what pissed me off about this lady was that you know in a month's time like no shit, you can't run in there because they're killing kangaroos. They do can they do kangaroo culling through all the like the parks here in Canberra, and so it's like you're abusing me for this one kangaroo that I have I've had nothing to do with that kangaroo. I'm 15 meters away from it, and like, what's to say I don't live 500 meters down that path? That's what that's I'm I'm going home. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're stewing on it anyway, mate. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. This has oh. really rattled him, this one. The good thing was, after I went past her, I had like 10 minutes to go, and I'm like, oh, you know, I was looking forward to the finish, and it just gave me that little bit more adrenaline of like, oh, the last 10 minutes flew by. Bit of extra anger to throw down in the last few Ks. That's what the overseas listeners are thinking, talking about kangaroos dying, and yeah. Anyway, right. Julian Spence, take us through your week. You had a big, big Saturday, a big Sunday. Yeah, well, my week was much I didn't expect it to be so big. I ended up running at like 127k or something, which uh, was 
was 127. I don't even know what it was, but I'll have to have a look. It was um, it got out of hand actually on the Sunday because it it wasn't it wasn't actually going to be like that. I started on Monday. I went out in the morning. It was I did two short runs. Took Theo out on uh, the ridge track. We call it. It's it's like a closed track that goes down towards the beach. It's a nice trail actually. Um, I didn't take him over the Great Ocean Road, but out and back, just cruising. And then uh, next that Arvo, I ran with Pia and Brito on the bike, so we did seven k. And body was starting to feel good. I like breaking my Mondays into two runs now. I feel like I recover a bit better. Tuesday morning, um, an hour. Uh, take the dog early, then then go and do my normal run. So I ran like this kind of half town loop kind of thing that I got going on. Good sunrise though that morning. There's a few, uh, I reckon there's a bit of smoke around for some burn-offs and stuff. It was, you can sort of see some of the trails that I run in Brady. Like this is a bit different to the Moama industrial estate. What down am I looking at Moose? I always, for some reason, oh yeah, that's, I did see these ones. These are beautiful. Yeah, I actually did see that, and I was like, "This does look like a wonderful place to live." It, it's a, it's a very good place to run. That's mm. for sure. Uh, I did a workout the next morning, but I just started to feel like kind of how you described it, Croaks, about waking up with your sore back, mm. and and I just I, this was a hard one for me. I was struggling to get moving, so I did a workout that was like a um, it was like a yo-yo. So I did five float, five steady, four float, four steady, three float, three steady, two float, two steady, one float, one steady, except I, I went from the steadies were more like hards outside the five minutes at the start. Uh, the, the gap paces, this is a 30-minute total workout, um, so – I wanted. I didn't want a long workout, but I wanted something that was like more tempo slash threshold focused than than going out and doing like intervals. Uh, so the, the the gap pace on this is the the pace that gives you the better example of how hard I was working because there are there are a few lumps and bumps in it. Um, so the five minutes, like the float was. Um, do you want me to give you gap pace or do you want me to give you normal pace? I'll give you normal pace. Give us normal, yeah, I don't know. 333 and the on 320, uh, 325, 307, 320, 304, 316, 37. And then by this stage, I was struggling a bit. And so I wanted to go down five seconds per K on each of the reps. Um, so this one here was 321. I wanted that to be 310, couldn't get it. And then 303 for the last minute. So I did end up getting it. But if you go off the gap, I went from 332, 26, 21, 17, 17. So there was progression there. And if and if you go off the gap of the ons, it was 15, 7, 2, 4, 258. So there's progressions there if you look at like the adjusted pace over the hills. Um, so it was an okay workout. I mean, it, it gave me what 318 total. Um, you just feel you just lose all that efficiency, don't you, Moose? When your back's not quite right, you just feel a bit clunky, and you feel like you then yeah. have to over overreach to hit the times. Or 
Yeah. Well, you're not efficient at all. Like, you, for me, like, it feels a lot harsher too. So I lose power um, out of my hips. And, I mean, the glutes are like the, the, the real drivers. And if they're not functioning properly, then you, you do have to make up for that loss of power elsewhere. So whether it's like hamstrings or you're trying to pop more off with your calves. But it, to me, it just feels like I start fighting too much. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, I've got to wake up. Workout. It, it's it's like, okay when you look at it. 316 at half an hour. 318. For the gap, though, it's 316. Yeah. It, it, it just felt really hard. Like So this was one where at 26 minutes in, I was in a box. And, and the, the last four minutes was me really hurting. And I didn't expect to get there in this workout, but I, I found myself in that position. So, I mean, four minutes out of 30 isn't that bad to be hurting that long um, when I've kept it under control a bit earlier, but still I didn't really want to go there. But it done whatever. It, it got it got the job done, and you you may have explained it, and apologies if you have, because I was reading some of your Strava comments, which are quite entertaining. But um, the paces, what were you aiming for for people who may want to try uh, this at home? I was I was aiming for the floats. It was three thirty five, three thirty, three twenty five. Oh yeah, 3... sorry, more like what f like what's that equate to though? Uh, oh, you mean like relevant to my? Yeah, like you saying like marathon down to ten k or five k. Yeah, a bit over marathon. Like yeah, okay. A bit over marathon, and For then the, the ons. The ons about fifteen seconds quicker than the floats. Okay, start a bit slower than marathon pace. Yeah, and then like the floats get quicker. Yeah, and the and the ons get quicker. Yeah. So as you get towards the end, the floats end up becoming as fast as the original ons were. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's just looks like a fun workout to try. It's and nail. winding it up, winding it up, winding it up, winding it up, and then by the end you can expect like your rest. You've wound it up supposed, too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your rest is like a three fifteen pace, and your ons is three minute pace yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. look, I'm gonna try that one day. Looks fun if you can get it right. Yeah, it's it it's hard take to a few get to get it right. right. Yeah, and it might even on flat, it might take a few to get right. Yeah, yeah. You need a <laughs> the watch. Like the Coros that I've got, it's a little, like, it's kind of scattered when I look at average pace for the lap. Like it can jump really quick because it's only, a, say I've got a minute rep, I look at it 20 seconds in, it can be very different to 40 seconds in. You so talk you, about taking bends though? Uh, yeah, there's a few bends. Yeah, I find if I take bends, it jumps significantly, which it should because you've got to slow down pace around a bend. And it's not so much slowing down pace. I think it's just taking – like GPS, it's hard to get an average pace over like 10 seconds and 20 seconds. And so yeah. you can – yeah, it, it, you just need a little bit of a longer period in the rep to get a good, accurate read on it. But by, by the – like third – by the – probably the third rep, like five float, five on, by that four on, you kind of know what pace you're hitting. Um, your, or the effort you're after. Uh, I did a double the next day. So I was up real early, actually, 5.54. That's some blue-collar stuff right there for you. Got out the door, headlight on, got back in the door, headlight on. So that was full headlight run. And then I was 
I, I knocked off work slightly earlier because I was at work pretty early that day and um, did another double. And in the Arvo, how good doubles feel in the Arvo? I haven't done doubles for so long that I forgot how good afternoon running feels like. Body just so much more dialed in. Haven't so worked hard enough, I reckon. Doubles feel like junk if you had a big day at work. Well, doubles are good if it's only... Like, I can do 30 minutes after work, but if I have to go out and do an hour after work, if I've had a big day, that sucks. Yeah, that ain't me. Uh, it's my <laughs> second run. It's the short run. 34 minutes only. Uh, and then what was the next one? Oh, Saturday morning went down to Aries, Doki and... Millie got married at, uh, on Saturday, Saturday, so we ran with Doki and a few others in the morning. Um, it was pretty fun little run. Ran through Aries and stuff. Uh, yeah, this was when Strava must. What fucking Strava's turning into some sort of social media account with people commenting? That's what I was getting distracted. Yeah, about. every <laughs> single run has a stack of comments on it. I know it's it, just it's... like the Let's Run forums on your Strava comments <laughs> message boards. Well, I don't particularly love it either. I would prefer. I might. Can you turn commenting off, mate? <laughs> Will you bring some of this on yourself, Moose? I know yeah. where this is going to. The Sunday it really lit up, and I feel like everyone's now joining in. Like, Croaks yeah, is obviously the key, and now everyone's like, okay, can I get as many likes as Kroger does on Moose's posts? And it's everyone's just liking his shitty comments just because, like, it's a fun game now. Just track 200, by the way. I did it? Um, I've been so anyway. that all the time, Croaks. Oh, wait, that was Friday. Yeah, they got married Friday. Uh, got home relatively early. Went and ran in Geelong the next morning at an event. It was like Saucony Geelong Cross Country Club type meet-up run, running company Geelong. So we did 10K, gave a couple of shoes away. And then the next morning was um, – oh, no, that was a double. I did two 10K runs that day. I felt good again. So this is where I started to run a little further. Um yeah, listen to the Zane Robertson podcast. We'll have to get into that later. Uh, the next day, I did Ali's workout again. So she's obviously getting ready for London. She had a big marathon workout. It was 28K steady. I woke up feeling shit, like really shit. I took the dog for a walk and I felt like I had the flu, had a headache, was real sore through all my joints. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be tough. Uh, got out to the run. Did five. I thought we had a 2K warm-up, but then Ali said it was five, so I thought, oh, okay, maybe I won't do as much of the workout as I planned because all of a sudden the long run was getting longer. Uh, got into the workout. We did two kind of big laps of this area where the Geelong, um, the Geelong Cycling Club, this is like their territory out here, they had a race going on while we were running. Um, so it's pretty good road surfaces, pretty flat. There's one section where there's quite a few cars that came down, so that wasn't that much fun. Um, but it's a good marathon area, good marathon training area. So we were we were really good, like in terms of how steady the pace was. So we start out, like worked into it, first K, 345, second k 342 third k 344 but we climbed 19 minutes in that 19 meters in that third k so the gaps were 344 three 
325-329. And then from there on, I'm not sure whether there was a K outside like 331, 341. So it was we were pretty dialed into this kind of mid-330 range. Uh, and we, we did cover some hills. So within that 28K, we climbed 140. So it's not that hilly, but there are a few bumps out there compared to like running around Albert Park. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. I mean, Ali, she started to feel it late. I felt fine. I felt like my calves got a little tight, so I'm going to have to address that um, because that was what sort of mm, pulled, pulled me up at Osaka, yeah. What so shoes? I, I wore the Saucony Endorphin Elite here, and it was just tied a little too tight on my left foot. My foot went numb, and I got a blister. So I, I need to get the lacing and stuff right on the shoe it's amazing how a tiny little thing in a shoe can have that much effect when you're out there for a, like an hour 40 just banging away at pace uh, I, I think i'm coming back to the alpha fly again i've never had an issue with them they've, been, you, they've been the ones so far do you run yeah. pb no that was vapor fly pretty, Va- pretty it was have you run a marathon in vapor fly in alpha fly no no croaks gold coast no. last year yeah, that was Pace that was the only finished. marathon. Yeah. yeah, that was Alpha, was it? That was Alpha. Both your and PBs my, my, are in vapor. My PB was the four percent, the original four percent. Yeah, so was yeah. mine. Mine was the sec, the four percent flying it. I lined Same. up and bought those shoes for you. You did, you did. You wore them straight out of the box. It was, was risky. It's risky. No, nah, that was no, really no, no, real. that wasn't. That was, yeah, sorry, that was Still Berlin. Still got my brand new up. pair. A four percent fly knit. Oh, yeah. Never been worn. Anyone want to mm. buy them? Hit up Croaks. Just red wait. ones or blue ones? Uh, they're red ones. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's nice. That was a good color. Just that, like, uh, what do they call it? Crimson with the white tick. Yeah, that's that is a nice shoe. So Moose, you copped a bit in the comments here from Croaks <laughs> saying why. Pretty much, I haven't got it in front of me at the moment. You want me to read it? Yeah, read it out. <laughs> Mate, your marathon has been and gone. Should have done this eight weeks ago, not now. Smiley face. He always adds a little smiley face when he's having a dig. He does the same thing when he has a crack at me. He's like, I'm having a crack at you, but I'll give you a smiley face. There's some some truth to it because if uh, if the shoe was on the other foot, Moose would be like, what the hell are you doing? It's like you haven't run over 30K for like eight weeks and then you've just banged a 38K with a pretty solid 28K in the middle and like your motivation's high and you want to you know rebuild and do everything right you know it's not the smartest thing to do but i also understand why you did it yeah um it's it's definitely like there are there are more ideal there are more ideal workouts i could have done or more ideal ways to structure my week right now but there's also more to it than the ideal and and this isn't bad for me right now i don't think like i I didn't feel like it was risky i I, at any point i could have pulled out um and i'd said i said i might even only just do one lap if i'm not feeling it uh the dumb thing was running the the 5k at the very end because that took my daily from 33 to 38 and i was fucking cooked because i didn't i had gels but i left them in the car by accident and I got to the end of 38 with no nutrition and I was starting to get dizzy. That put me in a proper hole. Yeah, and Could have been a 1K yeah. cool down. It, it should have been, but 
Ali was digging me, like <laughs> like digging me about only doing a short cooldown. So that's I, why I just, you need to be the bigger person, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but like you're I, helping her out with these sessions to get a first look at how she's actually feeling on them. Like it's not a competition; you're the coach, she's the athlete. You don't yeah. need to get digs and, and cave to peer pressure in that situation. <laughs> and, yeah. and you've got to show the leadership. Moves. She, she would beat you in a marathon at the moment. No, she wouldn't. Yeah, she would. She's she talking about road to it. London. If you saw me <laughs> and her rough. at 28k of this workout, I was, I was, like. Let's, yeah, but she, she'd have a hunch. Look at look at her like how much fatigue she's got in her legs compared to what you've got though. You got to take that into consideration as well. You're kidding me right now. She said on road to London though that she paced Nagoya at the same pace that you pulled out of um, Asaka right. at, and she put, like, did it easy, and you were cooked at halfway when you pulled. I also out. did it easy. I just had a sore legs. Mm. It's different. It's you want to different. put a slab on it? Watch a session this week, Ali. Bury him for me. But Moose, that's also the point is the fact that um, you pulled up sore from this, mm. whereas Ellie was able to go and run an hour today. So like the difference is Ellie could have kept running on you know yesterday, whereas your your legs are cooked. Like put it this way, Moose, you reckon you would have come nineteenth at the World Cross Country Champs at Bathurst? Yeah, I thought about that. I, in I the, actually in the thought yes. race. Yeah, I would have. You I would dust them. You're yeah. not great at cross country, are you? Do you know what I was thinking about? I, I was specifically thinking, imagine how awkward it would be if they chuck a man in there. Like, no one's going to cheer for that man in that race. Even if they're coming 19th and they're beating, like, say they say they go ahead of Bridget Cosguy late or something like that. It's a fantastic run for that man. Running outside his league, still no one's going to cheer for him. That's a weird <laughs> thought, really, It would be a really sad day for him. Because no matter how good he was going, even if he was a – say you chuck a 230 guy in there and he beats <laughs> these girls, and it's like this is an incredible run from this man. No one gives him any credit. <laughs> you think some odd things. I had a full-on like run where I spent most of it thinking about how that would play out. It's weird that you brought that up. Mm, okay. That's a good week from you. Recover well. Wednesday workout now, won't you? You're not going to go Tuesday after that on a Sunday. No, no. Oh, uh, Thursday, the way he's feeling. <laughs> there's actually a um, there's going to like there's a bit of a, a hoo ha about this Wednesday. It's going to be some filming and stuff going on Ooh. for uh, like a tempo journal a, again. An advertising campaign, New Balance and stuff. Oh, here we go. I've just oh, he'll, start... get, he'll get himself back up then. So I might the ask if just... Ali wants to come along and do it with me. The ads have just disappeared from that last time. Oh, were you getting all those ads, Crocs? No, I wasn't. I was getting them, like, meet the Surf Coast Track Club. I'm like, oh, I don't want to meet these guys. I've got to talk to one of them every Monday night. <laughs> the algorithm was getting, getting me good. Too. Were you getting them? I yeah. was getting them. And then I'm getting Brie pop up in another game. Yeah, campaign. she's been popping up. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It works, doesn't it? The algorithm works. Yeah, it's getting through to me. I'll whistle through this week, fellas, because we've got a lot to cover. Monday. Do you know, actually, yep. wait a sec. Okay. Do you know that that Surf Coast Track Club post, I think it got something like a million views. No, it'd be just, it's not real views, though. Because when you swipe, it just starts playing, and that probably counts as a view. Of course it's a view. You saw it. You viewed it. Yeah, but I'm not sticking around. I'm just getting strong. I'm just don't, keep scrolling. My thumb is matter. working you overtime to get that off you're, my screen. Look, you're talking to me now about it. True. That's a view. That, True. That's that's registered in your brain somewhere where you're like, oh, good looking bloke. I'll come back to that later. <laughs> Swipe. With stupid sunglasses on, yeah. <laughs> Monday, 70 minutes, 4.46s. 
uh, afternoon, seven and a half K at 420s, five 100 meter strides with spikes on on the grass. Remember that because I'm going to get to that later on Tuesday. Six by a mile at 312 average pace off 90 seconds jog between. Got in my notes here in the diary, too dark, too dangerous. It's just too dark in the morning. Smoosh, you said before, head torch. Trying to run at a pace when it's that dark on like shitty streets that don't have like great lighting. Um, and especially the tradies. I think we started just before seven or maybe just after seven. But the tradies must start at seven. So they're all driving like 80k an hour to get to mm. work on time. Probably drinking their, I don't know, big M's scrolling on Snapchat. And a couple of times we just, we run like towards the cars and then we just had a couple of hairy, yeah, situations where I'm just like, nah, we gotta, we can't do this now for the next couple of weeks. We've got to, got to go a bit later in the day or figure out something with our routines because just can't, just can't happen. And you're not sure where Is you... there nowhere for you to run without cars? Uh, like this is a pretty small country town. There's, there's not a lot. I have got a spot later in the week I'll talk about, but yeah, not... Not continuous, like, and if they, if you go to those places, they don't have street lights because they're quiet, so they don't have, like, lighting. Yeah, but you've got a headlamp, right? Nah, I don't have a headlamp. You don't have a headlamp? Nah, and I don't want to buy one. That's insane that you don't have a headlamp. I might have to get one. Can you run at pace with them, though? Yeah, you can these days. Oh, can you? Okay. Yeah, they're only, like, I've got a headlamp that weighs 35 grams. Okay. And it puts out 200 lumens. Yeah, right. I think I've had this conversation last winter. Um, yeah. I might have to get one. Um, in the Arvo, I got out for 30 minutes at 4.35s. Uh, Wednesday, 70 minutes easy, 4.31s, listening to the road to London, 30 minutes in the afternoon. Went down to where they are, set up the Southern 80s ski race. That was good, seeing all the tradies get all that set up. Fencing, big TVs, things like that. Then Thursday, Croaks, you would have seen this on Strava. This was the... Um, the, the steady pace, just kind of just getting the jog and ticking along a bit. I did 18k at 351 pace, which there was 351. It wasn't that hard, was it? Wasn't no, that it's, hard? it's actually easier than doing a midweek long run because it's over in like 70 minutes instead of being out there for like an hour 45. It's just a weird pace to lock into because like my legs are like, so it was 351 average, but I think I probably hovered around. Uh, once I was kind of warmed up, there was probably a lot around like 3.45-ish, I think. Um, it's just like my legs are like, do you want us to go threshold or tempo pace or do you want us to jog easy? Like they're not really used to that pace, so it took me a while to kind of walk into it. But I quite enjoyed it. I like, I didn't mind having the K-splits on too. It makes you kind of, you get that endorphin hit, or not endorphin, you get that dopamine hit every like three and a bit minutes. Kind of flushes <laughs> up, so you're like, oh yeah, stay on task here. Whereas I, my default is to just like let my mind wander, just occasionally look down to see how many minutes have passed. And yeah, I think we, we use running for different things in our life. And my default is to use running just to clear my head and jog along and let my mind think about all types of things. But this is like you've got to be tuned in and, and keep a track of how you're going. But I didn't quite enjoy ha- it. Are you happy with the 351s or you reckon it was a bit too quick? It's flat, remember. Yeah, it is flat. 35 metres. Moose is feeding his dog. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Always switches off when I start talking, this big fella. Um, in the afternoon, though, Croaks, I got out for 30 minutes at 4.37s. And then on the Friday, 
I was uh, over the darkness and I had to get to work a bit earlier and a lady from Hudson's Daycare told me about this new housing estate that they've got the roads made and the lights turned on but there's no houses in there yet. So I thought I'll go out there and see how I'll, um, how I'll get on and I could get about 500 metres with two sharp like right, right angle turns in it. Um, before it went to darkness. So I just did a reel. I couldn't be stuffed, to be honest. I was kind of a bit over it, just tired that time of the term croaks you were talking about. Um, I was just like, I'm just going to do a minute on, minute off, a real kind of like basic C kind of workout. Um, got it done, kind of hovering around three-minute pace. Um, and then, yeah, just, just ticked it off. 30 minutes in the afternoon after school. Saturday, 60 minutes at 4.33s. Um, oh, a bee, a bee like kind of like clung to me and was just trying try to sting me through like my t-shirt and then I kind of stopped and tried to like, you know, swat it off and then I was running along and it kind of like kept flying with me, then it attached itself to my shorts. So I kind of just had to give it a bit of a flick and then took my t-shirt off and just fanged it for like 100 metres trying to get rid of it. So that was eventful on that run. And then Sunday, 32k, 3.59 average, pretty good loop, 32k loop. Just by myself, got rolling the last 5K because I looked at my splits. Still had my Ks turned on, Croaks. You'd be proud of me. Mm. And um, I knew if I could run under 350, I think it was, for the last 5K, maybe something like that, I'd average um, 359s. So a good week. But I got a bit of a sore hammy, which I've had before, like real up close to the the butt cheek, which is kind of like a 1 out of 10 pain. And it's from doing those strides in spikes, full gas. I've got to just stop doing that. Like, it's good mm-hmm. to run fast and stuff, but every time I do it, I just get this, I think it's high proximal hamstring, yeah. which I've got the drills to sort it out. But I just, there's no need for me to be running 230k pace for 100 metres just to kind of work on that top end speed. I don't need it. Also, join the gym. Did, Boys, did, so the, Yeah, I was going to ask you about the gym. Yep. Don't, is there a treaty in there for you to there, use? There is. Yeah, two brand new treadies. So I like hills, and I actually I found a location, which I'm a bit disappointed because I know this location's there, but I'd never kind of thought of it for running. It's about 40 k's from Achuca in a direction that like I never drive. Colburn, Abbon, Karop. I think Ali's actually born in Colbo, isn't she, Moose? Do you know? No idea. I think yeah, this real like town population of like nine. I reckon it would be. Where is it? Colburn, Abbon. It's called. It's in between kind of like. Shepparton, Bendigo, Almore, through there. I've looked at some loops. I've made some like, I think it's about a 12K loop where I can get 200 metres of elevation gain. So I'm like, hey, we got to go out there, do that two or three times. We can get some metres. Brand new treadmills in this gym because it's a brand new gym that's open in Moama. So I went in there, signed up, got my old gym program. I'm going to get in there and just, um, yeah. Send us a pick of the treadies. You might yeah, be well, able to get some some elevation on the treadmill. Yeah, that was, yeah, a guy did. I oh, wish I knew their name. Someone did leave that in my comments saying, like, hey, have you ever thought about just getting the treadmill rolling? Well, yeah. Uh, have it. What day What day is he going to, where, where's the gym going to fit into your program? Tuesday. That's my work from home day. So I reckon I'll do a workout in the morning and then I'll go to the gym. And I'm gonna, I think I'll take this week as a bit of a down week because I've, this hammy I've nearly sorted. It's like a little... It's like one out of ten. It's nothing. Didn't you know? I can smash thirty-two k, and it didn't even flare out this morning. But I just want to take this week. I've done three weeks of like 170, 170, 160. Just want to maybe put this week at one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty. Get into the gym because I'll get a bit of DOMS. It'll take me a few weeks in the gym to to sort it out. 
Um, but I think only I'll, one, only one gym session a week. I think I'll go Tuesday, Friday, and cut the double on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm playing with at the moment. But yeah, that was good. I, I liked going in there, joining. I went, paid. I'm like, get me in here. Voted for the um, state election, then went to the gym. So it was my Saturday morning. Anyway, let's um, let's talk about some Patreon supporters croaks. You got two people to thank. Yes, the first one's uh, Hans Christian Arners. Uh, I'm not sure if I've pronounced that right, but he's from Nidadal in Norway, uh, which is, yeah, he's northeast of Oslo. I uh, couldn't find much info, but he may have run 251 at the 2019 Nordmarker Skogs Marathon. So thank you for your support, Hans. Uh, or Hans. And another Norwegian, Lars Reinsnes. Um, possibly lives in Bergen. I think he ran 37.55 at the uh, Centrum Sloppet 10K. Uh, his comments from that run via the Norwegian to English translator was tough track, nice to get a negative split. Surely there must be some speed slash BMI classification I can top. So must be a bit of a big boy. Um, ran 82 minutes at the recent half marathon. Uh, yeah, sorry, 82 minutes at the recent Barcelona half and 2.58 at last year's Copenhagen Marathon. think he might be doing Boston this year and uh, pretty sure he's a telecom technician in the Norwegian Armed Forces. So thanks for your support, Lars. Mm, thank you. Mostly reckon the Norwegian, the Norwegian Armed Forces is pretty tough. Yeah, we reckon they're a real, a real soft one. Have they been to any – yeah, like Vikings moves back in the day. <laughs> That'd be yeah, real tough. Sure they're Vikings anymore. I reckon they're like from oh, Oslo. You still get it in your blood. It doesn't just disappear. That kind of stuff. See that new movie coming out no. about? Um, is there a new movie or a series about it? Oh, look, I saw it just before, so I'm going to guess what it was. It looks like someone, maybe the royal. Is there a royal family? There is royal family. Maybe went to America while Hitler was invading, wanted to invade Norway or something. And it's a bit about Norway and the Second World War. Okay. Who are you thinking? Oh, yeah, Sigrid Andersen. Another, oh, sweet. Scando, though. Um, she follows 25 people on Strava, and Christian is one of them. Whoa. That's, <laughs> what, what's the attraction with Christian anyway? I don't get it. Um she ran 3.23 at Valencia Marathon last year and lots of running in the snow, which I'm guessing is quite a common thing when you live in Sweden, Finland and Norway. Yeah, it doesn't look um, – well, I don't know. I guess it could be fun, but looking at her, um, her Strava photos, it's uh, yeah, it's significant snow as well. It's not just a little dusting on the road. It's pretty deep. you got to run in some, like, waterproof shoes with spikes on the bottom of them. Mm. Thanks, Sigrid. Uh, thanks, Sigrid. I'm going to thank Raj Parandandi. According to the Power of 10 website, he has ran 15.42, night of the 5K under lights at Battersea Park, 32.51, Leeds Abbey Dash, and 73.07 at the Chester Half Marathon, and two th- uh, sorry, 2.41 at the 2019 London Marathon. Kind of, this is all the races I hear from on those UK podcasts. Of course, you hear about London everywhere, but those other ones, hear about them a lot from the Inside Jogging Boys. 
I'm pretty sure is the chief operating officer. Get this, that's the COO for Europe, Middle East, Asia, and the APAC at Market Access, which is a leading fixed income electronic trading platform for institutional investors and dealers. Mm. This is a big, big, big Big dog. dog. I looked it up. The company he works for, they trade $385 for one stock. USD on the Nasdaq boys revenue last year 718 million USDs 744 employees this is interesting you know we just created this little podcast and I think that Raj is out there listening to us and support us on Patreon Mm. but notice Brady there's been a bit of a bit of a class warfare going on at the moment because a few people have messaged in saying yeah yeah, I'm I'm another blue collar like I'm a sparky or I'm, I work for the council, you know, mowing lawns and stuff like that. So there's a bit of a battle on. Yeah, if you want, moment. To, do you want to support us on Patreon though? It doesn't matter what your job is. We'll find it. We'll read it out when we thank you. But the place to do it is patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. There's still five weeks left of the road to London. So you, you, you could sign up this week, cram the last five weeks, and then be on the journey with Sinead, Nick, and Ali. Plus, there's over 100 bonus episodes over there. So if you like what we do, if this show brings you value and you're happy to support it, um, please, Inside Running Podcast on Patreon. Let's go to Run News, boys. Brisbane Track Classic. Moose, see any of it? This nah. meet for me was a bit meh. I didn't, I didn't feel like, I guess because it only had the steeple and I guess the 800s, but nothing in between. A bit hit and miss. Yeah, well, by me. the time I got my phone out ready to watch it, uh, I, I missed the ones that I wanted to see. So in the steeple, Matt Clark, he he had a great run. He ran 8.26 meet record, beat Ben Buckingham. So that's a bit of a surprise there, I reckon. And he beat him convincingly, six seconds. Liam Cashin, the big fella, had a good run, 8.41. In the ladies, Carafine Ryan, also meet record, 9.38. So she's finding some form. She beat Stella Radford, who ran a PB, I think, 9.39. And Brielle Urbacher was 9.40. So it was a pretty tight race from those three girls. Uh, 800 metres, probably like the the big one of the night. Kat Bissett ran a world qualifier at 159.74. She beat Ali Sanford, 2 flat 55, who beat Lyndon Hall, 201.48. So I think PB to Ali Sanford as well. In the mains, James Preston ran 147 to beat Jack, 147 flat to beat Jack Lund at 147.15 with Jamie Harrison, 147.39. Mm-hmm. So all this is sort of leading towards the national champs this coming weekend. I think it is, correct? Yeah. Yep, starts like the Thursday, I think, for the Open. So I think Ellie Sanford's run, I think that put her up to like 15th fastest all-time Aussie. Yeah. 15th. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. That shows a depth now, doesn't it? Remember well, a couple of years ago when, like, Cat Bizzit was trying to break two? Yeah, not not that many have obviously have broken two. So you're running within a, a second of that. That's um, going to put you up there. Uh, in the, there was also the New South Wales Milers meet. Um, in the 15, Connor Whiteley ran 342. He beat Ethan Wyatt-Smith. Stefan Music was third. Fleur Cooper won the ladies in 4.20, beat Piper Simpson and Katie Porra. 
800s were on too. Lawson Fittler ran 151 to beat Mason Cohen and Jonathan Meeker. And Laura Roth was the ladies' winner in 206 over Arda Rand and Sarah Baker. Australia's most stunning running event returns this May. Join thousands of runners and walkers of all ages and experience levels as they unite in Victoria's idyllic southwest coast to take part in the 2023 RACV Solar Great Ocean Road Running Festival, Saturday 20th and Sunday 21st of May. From 1.5 to 60 kilometres, punters from across the globe will tackle nine distances, including two trail runs for our adventure seekers and soak up panoramic seaside views on one of the world's most scenic stretches of road. Secure your registration now at greatoceanroadrunfest.com.au. Okay, I'm going to go to the Zane Robertson news now. So Zane Robertson, who is the 10K half marathon and marathon New Zealand record holder, he has tested positive for EPO at the Great Manchester Run, which was in May last year. He um, holds the Oceana record as well in the half marathon. So he must be just quicker than Brett. I think he was 59, 46 or 47. Yeah. Brett would be the next quickest, wouldn't he? Second yeah, in Brett's, Oceana. Yeah, and then Brett's like 57 or something. Yeah, was, 59, was facing a four-year ban, but it got increased to eight years after trying to blame a Kenyan doctor saying he went to get COVID vaccination, but instead was administered EPO. Has since been on a few podcasts and um, kind of said, admitted that he made that story up and he was kind of desperate to get off his four years and he kind of saw four years as the same as eight-year ban. Um, it was interesting, I read today, Stuff, which is a New Zealand publication, they had learned that the test that led to Robertson's downfall was not a random in-competition test as common ca- carried out at major sporting events, but rather a targeted test arranged and paid for by New Zealand anti-doping authorities. Um, he was third at the Com Games 2014 over the 5K. He's done a bit of media since. Um, phones were lighting up in message groups all over Australia, I think. Wednesday, Thursday morning, boys. What day of week was it? Maybe Thursday morning. And um, I can't remember what, what what it was exactly. I know it was big news. That's the point I'm trying to make. Mm. Yeah, someone yeah. was talked about a lot over the years. That's not the one your mates with Croaks. That's his twin brother Jake, who you went to um, you're at Lake Biwa with, and he's been on the show a couple of times since then. This is Zane, who ran at the Gold Coast when he ran 208, the New Zealand record there. What do you think? I've got a few comments down here below. I've listened to both the podcasts that he's done, but Moose, thoughts initially, and then, yeah, what did you think? Um, thoughts initially was kind of hits close to home, not because, uh, well, because they're from New Zealand, and so they've got Oceania records, right, and they've been friends with some of our friends, and so, like, Zane Robertson spent a lot of time with Ed Goddard last year. Like, they were in Europe together a lot. They were hanging out heaps. So we're seeing him a lot more than we would see a random Kenyan get done or whether we'd see a Russian get done. Pace and so he, marathon last year as well. He did. He And, and he's they've sort of been like a, a bit of – they're almost iconic, the twins, because they because of their story and their kind of – out there type characters so they've been in our feeds a lot and we do know a lot about them uh the, the first thing that i i saw a headline right zach had posted in the group new zealand athlete eight years doping ban i'm like it's a robertson like it's a why would i have thought that first uh is it because they live in kenya 
is it because of the kind of um, like I don't know life they live but mm. but that's the first thing that came to my mind I'm like which Robertson is it and, and it turns out that it was a Robertson and then I said I'm like quickly like to a few people I'm like hey check this out and they're like least surprising doping bust I've ever seen so the general feel out there was that this was happening and and this is from not like insiders this is from the general population who have just sort of been watching going like this isn't a surprise to me to, no, to see that's this. from running nerds though that's not from the general population well, who are look, runners I don't think. My, I think there's a lot circle, of people in message groups who are like, okay, this comes at no surprise. But I think general running people in Australia and New Zealand may have. I, when I say general running, when I say general population, I'm talking about my general population. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not talking about your school teachers at school. I'm talking about people that I talk to who... I'm are, talking are, about like general park runners who keep an eye on the, the results, who would know him. Yeah, it would yeah. be a shock for. It probably would, yeah. Well, I'm probably thinking a, a bit more ingrained in the You're running community. You're thinking about AV people who bang 20 miles every week. Yeah, and, and they, they've they said that, and and all of a sudden, like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, is that that's that's not fair that you've been thinking, oh, he's been doping this whole time. But turns out it is fair because they were fucking right. In their own heads, they thought that it was happening, and they were right about it. Um, he has come so, out, Moose, and said that he only took it once. Mm. He got it from his <laughs> ex-wife, and that one time he got caught. Look, we we could spend. I'll, we we have to. I'm I'm not gonna. He's. We know from the podcast that he's in a really precarious position with his mental health, mm. and and so it, we we have to respect that. And so I don't think I don't think that gives you an escape from being from your actions being discussed though and he has been on two podcasts where he's come out to what he calls tell his story and so if you're going to the media with your story um you have to expect people to pick it apart and that's kind of our job as uh we'll call ourselves commentators on running um is to is is to give our opinion on it and and pick it apart a little bit and so that, like, there's so much to pick apart from that podcast, but I've just got to summarise, I think. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritties. I don't think that they're the smartest individuals, and so I think that this has been handled really poorly, like, in how everything has been played out, especially lately, like, so fast and so quick, and I think it's been really rash in how it's been portrayed. You would agree think- that they're... It, it feels like they've never had a support system in place since since the first flow track documentary when they went over there. It's always been about us against the world in a That's sense. That's how like, they've they've asked yeah, for that. Yeah, and I think that they thrive on that environment, exactly. proving people wrong. But it seems like there's very little support in place for the um, the. They left support. They 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 left their country to live in another country, in another nation, away from their like where there would have been a potential support network, I would have thought. Yeah, like, I just feel there. Other Steel is very vulnerable at the moment. And you, I, I, I really do question the people that did those podcasts with him because I don't think they had his best interest at heart. It was probably more about how they can individually get downloads and take advantage of someone who's in a vulnerable position. 
And that's, yeah. that's where they need people in their corner saying, this is what the statement needs to look like. No, we're not doing little, you know, running podcasts or whatever. Like, yeah, but there was content 16, in there that yeah. shouldn't have been released. The stuff about self-harm and suicide, like, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, I think I think the support systems aren't there and have never been there for those guys. It's, it sounds like Athletics New Zealand has actually offered a great deal of help around this. Yeah. That's that's what I, I got came out of it with. Like, they, they sent people to yeah. Kenya to look after him. Yeah. They, they had people on his door, like, almost immediately by the sound of it. Yeah. But I it thought that... But then when you listen to the way he talks in that interview, and it doesn't sound like it's it's worked, or they're still no, there. It, it, I don't think it just works like that. Like if someone shows up and all of a sudden you're better, but that's the support. They would have a media team it. though, surely. Well, they're not. Their job's not to provide media team for it. Mm. Like part of part of support, like psychological support, is not a media team to handle this bloke's doping, doping there, yeah. announcement. Yeah. Like. It's yeah. Anyway, like moving moving on. The, the, I I thought I think he's still lying through his teeth. I don't like the fact that he says eight years is the four is the same as four to him. And so why wouldn't like why wouldn't I go and make up this story? It means that he has a total disregard for the for for truth, and 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 he he has no issues being dishonest if it if it works for him. Um, so I, I don't like, I don't believe what he says about it being the first time. I don't believe what he says about bringing it across borders or whatever. I think he's doing that to save his position in Kenya right now. Um, I think it's been going on a long time by how he talks about his past, uh, races and stuff. It just sounded, it just sounded so vague. He can't explain how, how he took it or he, he, he just skips over a lot of stuff. Um, so he's, he wants to tell his story, but he's not actually telling his story at all. He's telling us what he thinks will make him feel, make him, uh, look better about doing it. Uh, and also like his, his main reason for doing it is I couldn't keep up anymore. I kept getting injured. I wasn't fast enough to get contracts or make prize money. Now you're just explaining an athlete coming to the end of their career right there. Like that's not, that's not justification to cheat. And, and, and there's a lot of people in this world that do suffer from depression, but it doesn't mean that they go out and they cheat and they break the law and they steal from other people, which is exactly what he's done. So like to me, it's, it, you, you can't use that as an excuse in my mind. And you can't use financial reasons as an excuse. He says, I can't have a family unless I was doing this. Bullshit. You can move back to New Zealand. You get a job like the rest of the fucking population. Like your career as a distance runner was ending because you weren't fast enough to keep up or your body wasn't handling it. That's, that's, that's when you make the bigger decision, the human decision. Like, yeah, so it, I think it's disrespectful to those living be, below the poverty line and not breaking the law, not stealing from people to to access financial gain or whatever. Like I, I was thinking, that, imagine if I was in New Zealand and I was like slaving away in a in a job like that I didn't want to do for the betterment of my family, and this bloke's telling, explaining how he was. 
he can't live in New Zealand, it's too expensive, so he has to go and cheat. That actually really pissed me off when I heard that, and that's what I referred to when I on my Strava of throwing my phone off the cliff. Like, there's other ways to make money outside of being a... Pro- what are you going to do when your body broke down at some point? Let's say it was one year from then, and you get, like, a long-term injury. That... It doesn't give you justification to cheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, so that, yeah, that's I, I found a lot of holes in it, and I wasn't going to go that hard, but now I, I feel like I have. Uh, obviously, he's like, and the other like the other thing was he says, "Oh, it's not fair on my brother." Like you fucking knew that this would draw your brother into it. You knew when you took when you injected yourself, however many times you did. You knew the consequences of if you got caught, which would be everyone would lump you in with your brother, which is going to happen. Regard, like It would be stupid not to do that. You guys lived for 16 years in the same spot. You've, you do everything the same. There's going to be question marks on your brother now because of this. And it's your fault. And you knew it would happen before you did it. So you can't complain after you got caught that it's happening. Who won that race? Actually, the one he was tested at ran sixty oh four, I reckon, last week. Um, Jake, your mate Croaks. Mm. Brad comments. What do you think? The yeah. first thing I actually thought I was like, oh, he'll spill the beans. He's he's pretty loose with the way he talks and stuff, and and doesn't beat around the bush. But he's kind of said he's, he'll put himself in danger if he talks about where he got it and how he got it and who else is on it. But if he goes back to New Zealand, mm. what sort of dangers he going to be in? Like who? Like I doubt anyone from Kenya is going to go and try and track him down or whatever. Like I think he would have come across better if he did sort of open up a little bit more, try to get to the bottom of the whole doping that that happens over there. Um, look, I don't have much else to add from what Musa said. I haven't listened to any of the podcasts because I'm just like, well, what's what's the point? Like he's he's cheated. He's he's got caught. Uh, I'm with Moose. I don't think it was the first time. Like, you've got to be pretty dumb or unlucky to uh, get caught the only time that you've taken EPO. Um, but it's sad as well because I remember maybe 10 years ago when before I had a family and I saw what they were doing and you, you heard their story and you're like, man, like I'm – because I, well, I'm a little bit older than those guys, but I'm like, man, that's brave. You're like taking that gamble of just leaving your – you're leaving your home – to go and be one of the best distance runners in the world and you know maybe it goes to show that if you're in that right environment then you can be as good as the africans but obviously uh there's more involved than um just the altitude and the the trails and and the training there so His pbs weren't ridiculous though like they weren't i'll just look at them now 13 13 27 33 59 47 like we got Australians running all those times. Yeah, but they, I, yeah. I don't think they weren't world beaters. Like I know they were young when they went over there, but they, they weren't like meddling at world championships. You know, mm. like, I don't think they were world beaters when they went over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um, I still think I actually came out of it thinking, are we too harsh on doping as well? Like, are we focusing on this a little too much? Um, as if it's a, more of a crime than what it is. And I put that to Ali yesterday in the cool down. I'm like, do we treat this like it's much harsher? Like, are we too harsh on this? And um, and she was pretty quick to shut me down and say, no, they're, they're literally 
uh, stealing from people when they're doping. Like they're they're taking away the opportunity from someone else to survive, to 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 pay for their food or their rent or whatever by by doing this by cheating. It's just hard to know what to believe these days. Like, you know, you see these two brothers and you're like, it's a bit of a Cinderella story in a way, like what was, you know, mm. these two two brothers heading over, leaving their country and then actually, you know, achieving some pretty good results, which, you know, at, at some point they, like they may have, should have already stopped. And like, I reckon they could have made some decent money just on like, you know, tours and talking gigs because it's a pretty incredible story that they've oh, remember, man, you, know, you were in the go-karts, weren't we? Yeah. Remember Jake had got some accommodation and we're like, let's go over there and see what it's like. Mm, yeah. But also the whole, like, you know, at some point you, you can't be a professional athlete your whole life. And so at some point that has to end and you do have to become then a normal person and go and get a normal job. Like there's mornings when I wake up and I don't want to go down and teach. But what gets me down there is, well, it's not so much for me, it's for my kids and my family. So I'll go and do it. And that's the attitude that, you know, these professional athletes at some point need to just realise that that's how everybody else lives. Mm. Good chat, fellas. Croaks, World Athletics released rulings, statement on transgender athletes in the sport. Yes, I only read up on this this afternoon, but there's there's two issues here. So I'll deal with the transgender decision first, and I'll, I'll just read a bit. So... Track and field has banned transgender athletes from international competition while adopting new regulations that could keep Caster Semenya and other athletes with differences in sex development from competing. In a pair of decisions expected to stoke outrage, the World Athletics Council adopted the same rules as swimming did last year in deciding to bar athletes who have transitioned from male to female and have gone through male puberty. No such athletes currently compete at the highest elite levels of track so let's deal with that one first so that's dealing with the transgender so people so males that have gone through puberty that then take all of the hormones to then become female so those people are now banned from competing in female races i think uk athletics also made this call before world athletics did yeah Okay. Um, look, I, I I don't have an issue with this at all because who knows what advantages – well, I'm guessing there's probably still some advantage by going through male puberty, um, even if you go through the hormone treatment after that, uh, after that stage, there's probably still some benefit. So I'm – yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with this decision. It's the one with the caster semenya um, that – is a bit more the grey zone for me that I have I have probably a bit more of an issue with. Um, thoughts on the the transgender decision? Oh, I just trust that the people making these decisions are experts in this field and know what they're doing. So when I see it come out, I'm just like, they've got this right. Like that's you just got to have trust in the system, and it's hard for someone like me to have an opinion on it when I've got absolutely no idea about the science or mm. or any qualifications in this field. The one, I did like how Ross Tucker summarised it on his podcast and he was kind of saying the biggest uh, argument against this is the inclusion argument when he spoke about um, trans women um, not being accepted into women's sport and it's 
it's excluding them. But he kind of made the point that that sport is isn't about fairness and inclusion. Like there's only three people that get to stand on the podium. There's only three people that we sometimes pick for certain events at the Olympics. Um, there's only eight people that make the final. So it's not this, uh, you know, everyone gets the same outcome in in high performance sport. Um, so yeah, this is for me. I guess it's I don't know if it's going to get the backlash that they think. How did they word it in that statement? Outrage. Um, I think it's probably been pretty well. Yeah, Stoke outrage that they used in that statement. I think it's going to be pretty well received. The the argument comes from um, like the opposing side that this isn't a problem. Like, well, is it? Because has it happened? I know Nikki Hill been really big on it there's a quote there that says there are currently no transgender athletes competing internationally in the sport then how is this an attempt to protect women's sports would be so cool if they actually address threats to women's sport like sexual harassment lack of women in leadership and unequal representation yeah well which i thought was a really good point there are the that's that's another point they're trying to get to this before it becomes an issue though aren't they Potentially, that, that, they've seen it happen in in like again. I'm not I'm not around the science. But I'm trusting Ross Tuck. I, I listened to that podcast the other day, did you like actually, it? and um, I did like it. But that's my only source of like at the moment. That's the only thing that I've really listened to on it. And he seems to um, be pretty confident in the science that suggests uh, like it going through male puberty. You do not. You cannot change that. You will always be at a physical advantage if you've gone through male puberty. So someone, so a, so a biological male uh, who transitions to, to female after puberty, there's going to, there's, you're in a much stronger physical position, uh, regardless of, of how much, um, like you, uh, like the hormone stuff that you do. So, yeah, I. I think they like we haven't seen it yet, and that's like that shouldn't be the main argument. I don't think I, I'm kind of with with Ross Tucker on this one. Like you're starting to see it in in the swimming. I know there was a swimmer, like a male swimmer, who transitioned and, and won the all those NCAA titles. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a dicey one. I feel like it just it it's common. It feels like common sense to me. Um, in that maybe you're losing touch of reality to say that, like when you look, like I mean, just use an example, right? A six foot six, like biological male that's ripped and stacked transitions to the javelin, like and who's who's competed in javelin, who has the technique and the skills. He still, she, if he transitions and becomes a, 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 a identifies as female. She's still six foot six with a big skeleton that can throw a javelin. Like I know there are some ladies that are six foot six that can throw a javelin, but this is where it's sort of the fairness thing comes into it. Like I hundred percent agree, Moose. And like I'm sure there'll be people out there listening that'll like send us messages saying that we're uninformed and they don't agree with us. But I think if you if you're born a male and you've gone through puberty regardless of what happens after that, like you shouldn't be able to compete in female races. And, and that's essentially what has happened. And I think that it one's... Hasn't, it's not happening, well, is no, it? No. Not well, at this it, level. It, well, it can't happen now because yeah. they've made this decision. 
the one that I don't agree with quite as much is is the second ruling, and that deals with um, like Caster Semenya. So, you know, obviously she was running 400s, 800s, but over the last few years she's had to move up into longer distances. So I'll just read some of the stuff that's come out. So Semenya and others have been able to compete without restrictions in events outside the range of 400 through to the one mile. So that's why she's moved up to the 5K um, Francine uh, Neon Seba from Burundi. She was running um, 800s. She sort of moved up to 3K, 5K. Now, and that's, that's been fine. But now, in order to compete at next year's Olympics, these athletes would have to undergo hormone-suppressing treatment for six months, something um, Semenya has said she will never do again, having undergone the treatment a decade ago under previous rules. Under the new regulations, athletes in the previously unrestricted events, so that's events longer than a mile, would have to suppress testosterone levels below 2.5 nanomoles per litre of blood for six months. Ultimately, they would have to stay below those levels for two years. Previously, athletes with differences in sex development had to lower their testosterone to below five nanomoles per litre of blood for at least six months before competing, um, and the rules only applied to distances between 400 metres and one mile. And so I know in the article that I read that that um, Francine Neon Saba she said that she wouldn't undergo the treat the the hormone treatment, which would then obviously put her out of the next Olympics as well. And so this is the one that I have a bit more of an issue with because if Semenya is born a female, yes, there's a condition that she she generates more testosterone than your traditional um, female, but essentially she was born a female. Now that's you know you're never going to have a fair playing field. Ian Thorpe had size 13 feet. He's in an advantage over some guy that has a size 10 foot. But you don't say, Ian Thorpe, you know, can you take six inches off your off your foot or whatever to make it even? Somebody has a higher VO2 max than somebody else. Like we don't, you know, you're not never going to have an even playing field. So I find this one a little bit more unfair. For people that are born females, like you, you look, if you've got more test, like you know, Moose, you've probably got more testosterone than me. So I'd say we, so. Mate. I'd say. Well, there you go. So, so we're, we're not competing on an even playing field. Um, so this is this is the grey one for me, where I don't completely agree with them having to suppress testosterone if if that's just their genetic gift. There. Mm, born that way. Good from you here. Let's just leave yeah. it at that, Brady. I don't think we oh, can I do have that. nothing to add. No, this is all a bit. Te- this this got technical here. This this is this has always been a tough one with Semenya. Yeah, feel like she's been she's been mistreated a lot actually, um, in in just even the media about how she's been depicted. I've always felt quite sad for her. Yeah, I just think you can't always have an even playing field. Like the the transgender stuff that we we're talking about before like that to me seems a bit more cut and dry whereas this one it's like well you know bad luck to the to the women of Semenya's generation Semenya is a female but she has high testosterone you just have to de- like deal with it you know um yeah i, I it's I, this one is much more of a gray area for me yeah yeah this is above my head 
above <laughs> my pay rate here. Listener question. Do you want to move All on? All right. Go, yep. Graves. Comes from Finnabad on Instagram. How do you incorporate hilly tempo into your plan? Do you go by feel, heart rate, or other? Thanks, guys. Good question. It is a good question. The old hilly tempo. Want to go first? Well, Brad, do you, do you got any used to, to, used to do this back in the day. I used to I used to have that much time on my hands. I'd drive to Bendigo, do a hilly tempo, drive home when Richard was coaching me. We used to go on feel. Used to um, mm. used to go on feel. Used to go on effort. And I would have certain trees. We used to do ten k hilly tempo. Certain trees at certain points of the um the loop where I'd know how I've tracked through there in the past, and that was the only kind of indicator to know how I was going overall because they just hurt. Hilly tempos are hard. doesn't matter how. I always felt like if you could, you know, you're pushing hard, you're pushing a bit easier, you're trying to take the hills a bit easier, you're always heart rates through the roof and you're, and they're hard to do. So well, I used to always just work on effort and then check the pace at the very end of it to kind of give me a full indication of how I was going. Yeah, I think pace is irrelevant. I think that's where people um, get into the trap of, being slaves to their watches going, oh, I normally feel like a 30-minute tempo will average this. And they're still just trying to run that, even going up and down hills. And they get like 10 or 15 minutes in and they're like, oof, I'm not going to make 30 minutes. Um, but I think if you're new to them, there's a, there's a few different ways of doing it. Like um, in the past, like I've done things where I've surged, like run the hills hard and then not really had a prescribed uh, like but, but just being able to back off a little bit on the flat or the down. So you're basically running hard up the hill and then just running to feel in between. So that sort of stops you from maybe overcooking it a little bit. Um, another thing I like is having like turning it into a bit more of a fartlek where, you know, you have, you know, three minute reps on 90 second sort of float. And obviously if, uh, if you're running uphill on the float, you're just going to dial back the intensity a little bit just to get the heart rate back under control for your next rep. Whereas if you if your ninety second recovery or float is on a downhill or flat, you can sort of get rolling a little bit more because you're still going to be able to get the heart rate under control in that recovery. So there are a couple of tips, and obviously heart rate, you can use that, but just you know realize that when you get to like something that's really really steep, like your heart rate's going to go through the roof. So you have to if you're going to run to heart rate, you're going to have to really slow down significantly on those hills. Yeah. So I, I, I gave a hilly tempo the other day to someone and um, pretty, pretty simple instructions. The workout is, this is just what I wrote to, um, to him, the workout is to be a solid effort. Don't go to race effort, but I do expect you to be feeling pretty cooked by the top of the big hill. And that's like a five-minute uphill at about the 6K mark of that 10, 10K tempo. So... You can't. You have to be taking it pretty easy up that hill to not be cooked at the top. And when I say cooked, I mean like breathing hard and feeling like you want to rest. So I'm all right with a hilly tempo for the uphills to be hard, as long as you you aren't pushing too hard in between the hills. If that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. I don't mind it, them being a harder effort, the, the hilly tempos, than a flat tempo run. I expect them to be harder than f- flat. Mm. I don't Heart know. Rate wise. Heart rate-wise, it's going to be... I, 
I, I don't like if I'm on a flat and I've got a I've got an athlete running a tempo, then I'll give them a maximum heart rate. And if it's a threshold, let's say it's a 25 minute threshold, I don't really want that heart rate ever going over um, threshold if there's no hills out there. There's no reason for it. But if I'm giving someone 25 hilly tempo, I, I, I kind of expect it to go over on some of those sharp or longer uphills. Yeah, yeah. it's going to spike for sure. All right, moves on the loose. This show's been going a while here. <laughs> Nearly been three going of the a segments. While. Yeah, you co- covered a few of my already moves on the looses. What do you mean? Haven't you? Well, I've already, like, you were, you were logging them in a book. You were logging them in, in a sheet for me to, to tick off, but you've already done a couple. I think we recorded the show last Monday, and then I reckon stuff was just coming at us Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's just like, remember these for next week. It's going to be some stuff to talk about. But I don't know how much of it's appropriate for air. Well, I heard about some artificial crowd noises at the Bri- on TV at the Brisbane Track Classic. That I look, I'm not going to comment on it, but because I didn't actually see it or or hear it, I guess you would say. But that's pretty rare, I reckon. <laughs> they must have thought must have thought we're back in COVID because remember the remember yeah. the footy used the to footy do that noises. That was real bad, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Is that actually a, is that a sign of how many people were there <laughs> that they had to put crowd noises in? But anyway, wasn't there, so like can't um, can't comment on that. Uh, what about this? Is a bit of an annoying one for me. Is is the signing up for a, a AV membership, uh, and it has to be like a specific time of the year. Otherwise, it, like say that it it runs from. What is it, April onwards, Brady? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you know when – if I sign up now, am I just paying for the – until April 1st or something? It's like, like yeah, I, usually pay in April every year. Get you the yeah. all winter, then all summer. Yeah, yeah, but when is it though? Is it April 1st? Is it April 5th, 10th? It would have to, it'd be after nationals. So like if you weren't registered with a state body and wanted to do nationals this week, you'd have to – pay it and then it'd be only valid for like two weeks until the year jumps yeah out. see they've advertised haven't they their prices so it must be soon it must be soon so this is it makes it really tough for jails park runners like um for not the runners but the the admin to 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 get people signed up like what if it's not the right pay week or the right it can be tough to get someone signed up with, with that sort of outlay right before the race. Whereas if someone's able to pay for it in December, they should get a year out of it, I reckon. I like the, I like the, the, the yearly membership that someone pays. And I also, I reckon that would get people um, more involved in, in the, the track season too. Because I think what they should do, sorry to cut you off, but just offer a winter and a summer option. Like I pay, I pay my like 350 bucks for the year pass, but I only do the, the winter. Oh, you do some track? You oh, do Zatapak occasionally? Yeah, haven't for a long time. But yeah, oh, Box Hill and that? That's AB. Oh, yeah, I haven't for a while. But you could do the Box Hill Burn invitation. Yeah. At least get the option in September to go, well, do you want to renew it for the next six months? Because the AV, the XCR product is the, I think, the most successful product. I love that AV winter. But if you come in, like, say you've got a new runner to, like, 
we we get it all the time. We have athletes come into our coaching um, groups and they're really keen runners and mm, it's like it's a hard no, November and I say, oh, you should go do this race. Uh, it's like an AV race right on the track. And then they go in and they look at the fees and they're like, how much is this just for one race? I'm like, oh, no, you get until – and then you look at it and you're like, oh, you only get till March, yeah. Like it's I, – I, I reckon if someone – if you want to get people doing more track stuff, you either offer less fees for the track season if they're signing up after cross country, or you let the year the membership go all year. Yeah, and that's you, a great idea. And you just renew when your membership's up, um, and you be, get a bit yeah. a heads up on it. There'd be a lot of people in the opposite boat of me as well who just want to do. They don't want to pay in April and just want to do the November through to March. Hundred percent. Yeah, track guys, sprinters. Yeah. I think stuff like that. States are different as well. I think New South Wales, their membership starts at the start of the summer season, so like what October, and runs through. So you get so the start is the yeah, they basically summer, and then winter. Whereas you guys start with your winter season for your yeah. membership. Yeah, my car rego also used to always be due in April, so you're like you're just outlaying a thousand bucks in April. You just yeah, I know what you're talking more about. More than that. More than that. Car rego. Plus and, and AV, yeah, that's more than a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's a bit of a moose is confused, isn't it? Can we think about other ways to sort these registrations? Well, just make it. Four I weeks, want to get it? more people doing it. Yeah. I want because we often like chasing blokes up. Say you got like a twenty-year-old at uni, and it's two weeks out from jails, and you're like, "Hey, we need you to signed up." And they go, "Fuck, I can't afford it." Yeah, it's a hard sell sometimes, isn't it? And trying to get that wreck, but then they're happy to pay big entry fees for fun runs. Yeah, it's actually they pretty are. good value for money. I think if you get the season pass and pay the registration, it works out at like thirty-eight dollars a race. All right, I'd have to check that. Maybe that's just for the season pass. Leave that with me. We never yeah. actually catch up on things we speak about the week before. There's a number of things we could we should do a like clarification from last week's things we got wrong segment every week. What else did we get wrong last week? Uh, a lot of questions were asking. This was a good one. So, Croaks, when you want me increasing my pace on the easy runs, is it to beat up my legs more or is it to get my heart rate up or both? Uh, probably more to add a bit more fatigue in your legs, I reckon. Yeah. So then, you, you know, you're just building some – like going into some of these sessions like a little bit heavy just helps build it. A little bit of strength um yeah. but but also from from an aer- from an aerobic point of view like as we said you know you running 445s like your heart rate is not going to be very high given like your fitness and given that there's no heels whatsoever mm. so having one or two runs a week where you know you you you're more high-end aerobic is going to get you fitter as well yeah there's a lot of things I, coming into the inbox about that what were you going to say moose i i think it's good for your legs as well to be closer mm to the uh, gate, pat, gate cycle that you'll be running your, your marathons at too. Because yeah. it it's quite like for you, it would be a very different um, like running style at 445s versus 315s. Yeah. But you get that down to like 350s, all of a sudden you, you, you're starting to use muscles that are closer to race day. Yeah. There we go. A few people written in about that. Few people, few people had a, few people rip. Or, yeah, well, few people. Um, yeah, took my comment about 440 being like what a glorified walk or something like that. Like, 
I was exaggerating to prove a point. I wasn't actually saying that 440s is walking. Um, but I noticed you were people also. For me, for yeah. me, 440 should feel like I'm walking. Well, especially not given. The, not for any runner in the world. No, given, yeah. given you have no elevation either. Like it's different. 440s running over hills is different. Um, Look, I still then, reckon we're wired certain ways. I still think how we get into running, what we've done over long periods of times, what's our. Because. That still doesn't feel easy for me, that 350 pace, because I've done 15 years of running easy at 430 pace, so that's ingrained in me. Same as, you, same as four minutes feels easy for you because you've done 15 years of running four-minute pace. I reckon you were running a lot faster a couple of years ago, and then you, yeah, you guys sort told of, me to slow down. Now and then you switched to going real slow. Yeah, sure, um, crying interview. But I even find, like, my gait, like, if I force myself to run slower... Like I sometimes feel just really uncoordinated because it's just completely different to yeah. what I've always done. And yeah. yeah, it would take me a long time, I think, to get used to feeling, I don't know, like smooth at that slower pace. I almost feel like I'm more efficient at a slightly faster pace from the way that my foot hits the ground and um, I just get that sort of momentum and I don't have to put as much sort of effort in. Whereas I don't know, I feel like when I'm running really or force myself to run really slow, I just don't feel quite as efficient. So, um, but speaking of last week, we also had people writing in about mooses, like maybe slightly disagreeing with like running more and, you know, how much is, uh, you know, for example, like a hundred K for somebody might be like, 10 hours a week where for somebody else it might be 13 hours a week so like should it be more on like time time as opposed to volume yeah well i mean time it should be time yeah so i'm i i'm not sure yeah well i guess this distance and time um i've used distance but if like time is the right is the right in well, what's the right word there? Time is the right. Um, what do you call that word? Right, metric. Metric. Yeah, yeah. Time is the right metric because obviously, if you're out there for 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 thirty minutes and then coming back home and doing thirty minutes of of some core thing you saw an influencer do on fucking Instagram and said that this is the way to run better, and you know there's a lot of them lately. It's it's come out of nowhere. This like people send it to me all the time. These new influencers that seem to be playing footy last week, and all of a sudden they're teaching me about running on Instagram. <laughs> but then, Moose, there's also the comment that wouldn't things like like focusing on sleep and um, uh, whatever it is, like massage and all those sort of one percenters, wouldn't that help you run more? No, because you have no time left to run if you're focusing on those things. That's the thing, like. If you've got time to sleep nine hours a day, but you don't have time to add an extra half an hour onto your run in the morning, then that, to me, that doesn't, like, I mean, every, everyone's situation is different. Okay. But in the general case of things that I've seen, people that are, want to improve their running should do it by running more often. That that that's a very general statement that I would think would apply to eight out of ten people that come in our store. Yes, of course, someone there might need to do a lot more physio work to get their injury up, and yes, someone's already working off five hours of sleep, so perhaps they need to to sleep more to improve their running. 
But the rest of us, like go to bed a bit earlier, wake up earlier, run a little further. Here's a question for you, Moose. So for people like us that have been running for a long time and we've developed our like aerobic engine, do you think we're almost at the point now where we would get more benefit by cutting 30 minutes off a week and focusing on going out and doing some drills and some strides and trying to like move more efficiently as we're a bit older than running an extra 30 minutes? Yes, I do. I think we would I think we should do more gym. Like as aging athletes, I reckon gym should play a bigger part. Yeah. But but, but that's not the that's not the person I'm talking to here. I'm talking about someone who's got into their running and is looking to progress. Like not yeah. N- not that's already run 100 mile weeks in the past. This is someone who's like looking at running going how do I get better? Yeah. But but you're right. You we like someone who's already run high mileage for a long time, it's probably not the stimulus required to get better from this point. You would want to use a different stimulus. Yeah. All right. I think we got there in the clarification section of the show. What's coming up? National Australian Champs this week on the track. No fields yet, I don't think, but we'll see what happens. There'll be a no, stream. Fields, the start lists are up. Stewie running. Uh, yes, yeah, Stewie's always on the start list for both the 15 and the 5K. Ollie Hall coming back, your boy from Boulder. Didn't see him on the start list, no. Okay. Anyone else? Big names? Jess Hull will still be here. Yeah, Jess Hull's down for both 15 and 5. Abby Caldwell, 5, 15. Mm, didn't check. Didn't check. Weren't looking for her name. She'll be 50, oh, She's on the 15. Uh, and the Road to London, episode 6 is coming up. What else are you boys doing between now and next week? Anything special? Mm. No, not really. I'm going to do a hilly fartlek tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I might give Moose's workout a go tomorrow, I reckon. That one that you did, Moose. Five, you four, just three, want to go one. and do that, smash up my time, fucking have a little brag about it, get, no, a, few no, comments, just, just... get a few comments on Strava, a lot of kudos. I don't get any comments compared to you. No one's yeah. commenting on my Strava. Remember, remember when Brady put? Remember when Brady did some session like he was real stoked with his like monofartlek or something like that, and then he challenged all of our listeners to Moose see if anybody Moose Fartlek to see if anybody could go further than even Clousey did. Nine point three k. Yeah, look where Clousey is now. No one's heard of him for two years. That bike. He was Clousey, the only bike that went. Clousey's doing bench press. Uh, Moose, what do you got coming up? Uh, he got this workout on Wednesday and then this weekend. I reckon there's something on this weekend. What's your long run session this week, Moose? Five by five K, K float. <laughs> no, no long run session. Just got 45 K this Sunday. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Over uh, hills. Uh, I got a, our staff. We're having a big staff party because we missed it at Christmas. So we're having a um, big dinner down at, in Geelong. Getting everyone along. You pay for everyone. Get the car out. Of course, I pay for everybody. Open bar. It's just pretty much. Remember his last. Remember his last Christmas party. Whatever it was. Who did you buy like a really expensive whiskey for? And they just chugged it. Yeah, Luddy. Idiot Ben Ludbrook. (laughs) I'm like Luddy. Jesus, can you just cough that back up and just go get my thirty bucks back? (laughs) That was hilarious. Actually, I mean. I look back and it's funny now, but it's, at the time I didn't care either, but it's pretty stupid from Ben. Guess who's coming to Moama on Sunday, boys? Long run day. Ben Buckingham. No, no, it's someone for the kids. You know Bluey, the TV show? 
Bluey's coming to the the, the teddy bear's picnic Sunday morning. Bluey. 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 Yeah, yeah, I've watched that. Bluey and yeah. Bingo. Yep. I like um. It's gonna be big in Balhama Sunday. Kids everywhere, yeah. I reckon. Have you heard something about this show called Coco Melon being really bad for kids or something? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Have I'm you heard this? Being bad for kids. My wife will let Pia watch anything, but as soon as I put Coco Melon on, she like yells at me to turn it off. Really? Yeah, said it's like it. some sort of addictive thing or something. But oh, I think it's overstimulating. They're all just fucking cartoons. They're all designed to stimulate. That's what cartoons are. Also likely to cause behavioural problems and attention disorders. Oh. Hyper-stimulating. That it acts as a drug. A stimulant. Jesus. Mm, all right. Better. That was from the New York Post. Better turn that off the TV. <laughs> anyway, boys, wrapping up show, episode 282. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. Have a good week. See ya. Experience the Great Ocean Road like never before by taking part in the RACV Solar Great Ocean Road Running Festival this May 20th and 21st. Secure your registration in advance to save at greatoceanroadrunfest.com.au.